Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Welcome back. Today is an extension of our episode on the opioid epidemic in the U.S. If you missed the first part of um, that that series, please go to our website um, and find out. Sorry. Go to our website and click on the link for the first episode. So last week we talked a lot about the history of the opioid epidemic and how it affects the U.S. now. Um, We went over some of the past uses for opioids, including morphine, which wide use started in the 1800s due to the Civil War. It was used to help pain um, during surgeries and also returning veterans of the Civil War would become addicted to it. So um, opioids do have a long history. Um, These episodes are more of an overview of the situation. I highly encourage you, if you're interested in this topic, please visit the National Health website, um, National Institute of Health website. The CDC also has a page on this. Um, It's a very in-depth subject, and unfortunately, I won't be able to cover cover everything here. That being said, let's go forward. So um, today I'm going to talk about the current state of the epidemic and what the U.S. is doing to combat it. So I'm going to throw out some stats here um, and talk about each of them as I go through them here. So an estimated 130 people die per day due to overdoses in the U.S., Um, This is uh, overdoses of opioids, uh, specifically. 130 people die per day. Um, If we didn't know it was an epidemic before that number, we certainly do now. That is a unreal number. And I, I, when I saw that, basically, I almost gasped because I did not know that it was this bad. Roughly 21 to 29 percent of patients prescribed opioids for chronic pain misuse them. But I want to let you guys know, just because a person has chronic pain does not mean that they will automatically abuse opioids. That is a stigma that the chronic pain community has had to deal with for quite a long time now. So I would encourage you, you know, to look at people as individuals. Just because a person has chronic pain does not automatically mean that they are 
just going to take opioids like candy. That's not how it works. Um, an estimated 8 to 12% actually developed an opioid disorder. That's the addiction. So basically, 8 to 12% of people who are on opioids for whatever reason will become addicted. Um, you can have opioid misuse where they just take too much of it at any given time. And then you can have opioid abuse and addiction, which is the body needs the opioid to function. Um, and that's what causes addiction. There's a slight difference there. It's slight, but it's there. So the Midwestern region saw opioid overdoses increase 70% from July 2016 to September of 2017. There is a real problem of addiction in the Midwest at this point. Um, I haven't dug into it further. I may do a, f a future episode regarding the Midwest and this issue because it is such a strong tie there. Um, I'm not entirely certain why the Midwest is having the largest amount, the largest portion of this problem. It would be um, interesting to research this and talk to you guys about it because I'm honestly curious as to why. So between four to six percent of those addicted to prescription opioids move on to taking heroin. Now, remember we said heroin is a Schedule One drug. It's illegal in the United States. That doesn't stop it from coming in here. It, it is. And it is um, manufactured here. I guess manufactured is the word. Um, but it is, you know, definitely people sell it. People make it. So it's not necessarily a, an infrequent drug to find out there. Um, the reason people move on to heroin is that often their prescription opioids, their prescription drugs will run out and there will come a point that most doctors, most doctors, again, that's, it depends on the provider, um, will stop the op opioids and just say, Hey, you know, you've had enough. It's not helping or let's do something else or you're becoming addicted. The, Addicted individual will then turn to a street opioid, which most commonly is heroin. About 90% of people who use heroin used, oh, excuse me, 80%. I misread that. About 80% of people who use heroin use a prescription opioid first. So again, if you are using heroin, you it's likely that you were introduced to that through the prescription drugs um, that are commonly prescribed, like oxycodone, oxycontin, that sort of thing. Overdoses in large cities increased 54% in 16 states. That's a huge number. And although we are working on it, um, I would hazard a guess to say that that number is unfortunately only going to increase because I, 
I haven't yet seen a plan that feels comprehensive to me to deal with this issue. But again, um, I'm not, you know, I'm not a doctor, so I don't exactly know what the best plan to, to cure this epidemic is. Increase in babies born with neonatal abstinence syndrome, um, which means the newborn is addicted to opioids because the mother um, was taking an opioid while she was pregnant. Um, we had the, we had this happen a lot in the early the in the eighties to the nineties, I believe, with crack cocaine, where you were seeing a lot of babies born because the mother was ingesting crack cocaine while the baby was in utero. That was a big issue um, for at that time period. And we are now seeing this with the opioid epidemic, um, seeing a rise in babies who are born um, with an addiction to opioids. And that definitely is hard on the baby system. Um, it could damage organs, um, you know, and it's, it, it's sad. It's sad for both the parent and the child um, because unfortunately this child was born with something that they can't change and might affect them going forward in life. So it's a real problem that's an adjunct to op opioid addiction that we need to keep an eye on. So right now I'm going to take a little break and next time, or I'm going to take a little break and after the commercial, we will be back discussing opioids and the efforts to control the epidemic or solve it. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Hello, and welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. My name is Erica, and before the break, we were talking about some statistics in the United States with regards to opioid use now. Now I'm going to go into a section talking about what we are doing as a country to try and alleviate this problem, and hopefully, um, actually, it would be lovely if we could eradicate it. So here's what the federal government is starting to do or basically giving more money to organizations to do. Um, we have two major health organizations in this country, the Centers, Center for Disease Control and the National Institute of Health. They are part of Health and Human Services. Um, both, um, both organizations have pages on 
um, opioid addiction on their website. So I'd encourage you to check that out for further information. So one of the first things I'd like to mention as far as um, solving the opioid epidemic is more of an emergency measure. Um, it's the quickest way to reverse the effects of an overdose. Um, this is a medication called naloxone, which is, you might have heard of it um, by, its, uh, by its commercial name, which is Narcan. Um, Narcan can halt the effects of an overdose for up to 90 minutes if given to a patient quickly after an overdose. Now, that's great, and that's wonderful and fantastic. Um, I, the, my only question would be, or only concern would be, I guess, would be that how fast can you get to a person who has overdosed? Um, you know, sometimes people find their relatives, spouses, um, several hours after they've overdosed and, and passed out. So I don't know if Narcan would be as effective, but it's out there and it's an important step toward fighting this um, epidemic, this crisis. Um, it's an emergency measure, um, but the patient will require further treatment. So basically administer Narcan and then get them to the hospital. That's what, what it is. Um, now what Narcan does is um, the opioids, we actually have opioid receptors and opioids come into your system and they attach those receptors, which causes the mental um, and physical breakdowns that you see in an addicted patient, the, um, and the need for high, for the high, um, what Narcan does is it looks like an opioid to, um, your body. So what it does is it comes in and kicks the, the opioid, the heroin or whatever, what have you off of the receptor for a time, which of course, um, decreases its effect and helps the patient recover. Um, it doesn't last forever though. And the opioids are in the patient's system still, um, even if they're not sitting on a neuron. Um, so that's why you actually have to get them to the hospital because it's really a temporary measure. Um, now, naloxone is either delivered as a nasal spray or as an injection to the thigh. Um, but if you're doing the injection, you do require training on how to administer that drug. Um, I, I would imagine this is done in hospitals more often than not by a trained nurse or a physician. Um, the nasal spray, my understanding is that this is something that a lay person can administer. It goes up the nostril of the person as long as the person is lying on their back. So, um, funds from Congress to help with anti-addiction anti information and recovery programs for high-risk populations in the states. This is basically uh, media, you know, um, 
flyers, booklets, TV ads, increasing the awareness of opioid use and how dangerous it is. Um, also, Congress is giving funds for continued research and developing new non-addictive pain relievers for those with chronic pain. Again, there's that stigma against chronic pain patients. However, it does it is worth to point out that if opioids are taken off the market, which would be a good thing overall, that leaves a segment of the population who are constantly in pain that need help. So what people are trying to do now is they are trying to find a medication that works as well as a narcotic and still delivers and still it works. It's works as well as an, as a narcotic um, and also does not cause an addiction factor. Um, so, and also we're still researching the opioid epidemic as a whole, um, societal causes and, you know, economic causes and uh, a whole bunch of sociology topics. Um, like I said, society, economy, um, where you live, what you do for a job, um, what type of, what segment of society you may live in that may cause you to have a higher risk of opioid addiction. Um, there is funding going into that as well. Um, there is unfortunately a huge stigma against those people who are addicted to opioids, as I've mentioned before. Um, people with chronic pain can have trouble getting the medication they need to manage their pain effectively because many doctors, uh, this is because many doctors will not treat chronic pain patients due to narcotic abuse. Um, so this is something I've run across in my own um in my own life, I do not require an opioid um, to function. However, I have run across doctors who flat out say they have a sign in the waiting room saying, we do not prescribe um, narcotics. So if you're looking for that, basically look elsewhere. There's a good reason for that in some regards, and I understand where the doctors are coming from. I think that we could be doing a better job in managing um, how we prescribe opioids overall because these poor people are addicted. It is something that needs to be addressed, and I don't feel that it's I don't feel that it's right to blame an individual for an addiction they received because they were trying to, you know, make themselves feel better. Alternately, overprescribing opioids is an issue. For example, many pharmaceutical companies downplayed the effects of opioids, especially in the 90s, um, because opioids are big business, and encourage doctors, especially those in the ER, to prescribe uh, opioid painkillers. Um, 
this still happens. You know, I've, I've read articles where uh, it's come out that a certain pharmaceutical company is encouraging doctors to give out pain prescriptions to patients who come into the ER for like a, for maybe they were in a traffic accident or, or something. And the automatic response is to give them a Percocet or a Vicodin. Um, you know, it's, it would be a good idea if doctors thought about alternatives to these um, medications just to avoid the addiction possibility. So I'm going to take another break. And when we come back, we will talk about where we are going forward as far as the opioid epidemic is, um, where it is now, um, and what we are planning to do about it, what we forecast about it. I'll see you on the other side of the break. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. The world's fastest-growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully-accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Hyde Show on Education. This episode is on the opioid epidemic. If you have questions and want to um, return to our, um, if you have questions, I encourage you to check out our first episode on this issue. It's it's a large issue. It's something that I'm not going to be able to cover in its entirety, but I do think it I, I did think it was important to get the broad strokes out there. So, um, opioids are still widely prescribed in the U.S. and unfortunately can be the only effective treatment for some patients with chronic pain. Some, not all. It, again, it harkens back to the not all pain, not all chronic pain patients are addicted to opioids. Um, also, steroids have this problem too. Um, steroids are often the only option for a patient with chronic pain, but also can become ineffective due to overuse. Um, until research is done and more is spread throughout, uh, until research is done and more info is spread throughout the community, Throughout communities regarding the safe use of opioids, the epidemic will remain a dangerous problem in the U.S. Um, again, it's still it's still here. It's still a major issue. Um, from the results I'm seeing um, from about 2016 onward, we're still battling this um, illness, and frankly, the illness is winning because I don't think we as a country or our government, I suppose, has quite found the right approach um, to deal with this issue. I'm hopeful that we will. Um, I'm hopeful that the that we gain more understanding of narcotics and narcotic addictions. I think that Ultimately, we need to start putting 
the blame, quote unquote blame, if there is blame, onto the narcotic itself rather than the people that use it. Because people from all walks of life um, fall into this addiction. It's not any any particular category of people. Um, drugs are often indiscriminate. There, there are studies out there that can tell you, yes, poorer populations use more, you know, use more drugs, etc. But that is by all means not the entire story, and I think it's a failure on our the system's fault to just blame the victim, as it were. So um, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this overview of the opioid epidemic. I'd like to remind you of a few things before we go. I do have a Zoom chat window if you'd like to chat with me. Our meeting ID is 465-172-882 on Zoom. If you'd like to call in, please give me a call at 1-646-558-8656. That's a, a New York number. All long distance charges will apply. And this show is Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain, 1 p.m. Pacific, and um, 4 p.m. Central. Excuse me, Eastern. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard. Um, if you'd like, we also have another show on our network now um, run by Buffy Williams. She talks about the education system in the U.S. and how it functions and what we can do better and she really digs into the nitty-gritty of this. Um, this is a, a passion of hers, just like disability is a passion of mine. So I urge you to check her out. Her show is on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time or 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to reach me by email, my email is H at newheightseducation.org. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next Thursday. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.